Well, let's begin with uh, the election. And the reason that I'm still on it is because there are a lot of unanswered questions that need to be answered. They really need to be answered for America's future. So as a McLaughlin report, and it's a pretty good polling outfit. They don't do a lot. Uh, Democrat 37, Republican 36. That's fair. Wow. A fair polling outfit. And uh, they polled 1,000 likely voters. First question, do you believe there was election and voter fraud in the presidential vote? Yes, 46. No, 45. Not sure, 9. Yeah, more people in America think there was some election fraud. Now, that is a very telling. If it's true, and I think it is. Second question. By party, was there fraud in the presidential election? Republicans, 75 percent. So no to Joe Biden. You want to bring the country together, you got to deal with this. All right, Democrats, 22 percent. Independents, 41 percent of the independents say they think it was fraud. Other findings, 80 percent of Trump voters say there was fraud. 80 percent of those who pull the lever. So 74 million voted for him. That's about 60 million people think it was fraud. A lot of people. 16% of Biden voters say there was fraud. But even if you don't believe there was fraud, shouldn't you want to know? Isn't that what's best for the country? And the only way you're going to know is that the special counsel takes a look at it. Independent counsel. Come on, uh, President-elect Biden, huh? Okay. Now, I got a letter. It said, what countries uh, ban mail-in ballots? Now, we did this report, I think in September, because there was a study published on August 3rd of this year, studies from the Crime Prevention Research Center, and it went over how nations vote. And um, this was the stat that really struck me. So, you know, the European Union. All right, 27 mostly liberal countries. 63% of those countries in the EU ban, ban mail-in voting, okay? Unless you are living abroad, then it's an absentee. But mail-in voting in 63% of the EU countries, no good. Don't let you do it. Japan, nope, no mail-ins. France, nope, because there was so much cheating in certain areas of France, like Corsica, in 1975, they outlawed mail-in voting in France. Brazil, nope, and you got to have a voter ID. Mexico, same thing, no mail-ins, voter ID. So it's not a crazy suggestion that the United States government pass a fair election standards law that says whatever the House and Senate wanted to say, and the states have to adopt the national standard. I always use example because I'm a simple man, and this is a simple example. State of California wants to drop the voting age to 12, and don't put it past them in Sacramento to do that. Federal government's got to step in. And now, with most of the country believing there was fraud in the election, we need to address this. So, Voter ID, a must. Don't tell me that some people don't have identification. That's not true. Everybody has a Social Security card. Um, So don't give me that. 
And if it's too much of a burden to show an ID, then okay, don't vote. I don't care. If you're that helpless and that uh, apathetic that you can't get an ID to show, I don't want you to vote because you're a troubled person. I'm not one of these guys to say, oh, everybody has to vote. I don't want people to vote who are out of control, who don't know anything. Now, I'm not going to give them a quiz, okay, but do I want them to vote if you don't know anything? No, I don't. So let's go to Georgia. So now um, Joe Biden was down there campaigning. Very few people showed up to hear Joe. And look, um, it was the same thing. Donald Trump got big crowds in Georgia and everywhere else. Joe Biden doesn't get anybody. But then Joe Biden gets 80 million votes. And he did get, you know, I do believe there was fraud, but I believe that Joe Biden won the popular vote. Hillary Clinton won it four years ago. I believe Biden won the popular vote just because I know California. Okay, I think it was 65-35 there, favor Biden. So he won the popular vote. I know it. But, but the rallies, I mean, when Trump shows up, you get thousands of people. And when Joe shows up, maybe a couple of people say, you give me free pizza? Do I get that when I go? But anyway, Joe addressed... Uh, the senatorial race, which is vital for the country. We all know that. I don't have to go over it again. In Georgia, the vote is January 5th. Biden was there yesterday. Roll the tape. Texas and others were trying to wipe out every single one of the almost 5 million votes you had cast here in Georgia in November. Your two Republican senators, they stood by. In fact, your two Republican senators fully embraced what Texas was telling the Supreme Court. They fully embraced nullifying nearly 5 million Georgia votes. You might want to remember that come January 5th. I'll try to be generous here in the spirit of the season. Maybe your senators were just confused. Okay, standard, you know, he wants the Democrats to be elected in Georgia so he can get some Democratic stuff through the Senate. And of course, Republicans don't. Now, we went over Warnock. He's running uh, against um, Loeffler yesterday. I mean, Warnock is a radical leftist. Um, And, um, you know, okay, radical leftists are allowed. He got the nomination somehow. But if you think that he's moderate in any way, you're wrong. And the same thing goes with Assad, right? He's the other... Uh, Republic, uh, the other Democrat running. Uh, Ossoff is a big uh, let everybody into the country, open borders guy, a big amnesty for everybody who's here illegally guy. Um, and again, you know, this is what he said this week. Go. When federal agents arrive at one of these farms, it should be to make sure people are being paid the minimum wage, yeah. working in humane conditions. We should have gratitude for those who keep us fed, who toil in the fields, and show humanity and compassion for those who are a part of our society but living in the shadows. Okay, so again, uh, Osaf wants uh, open borders. You know, he said, if anybody comes to America saying they don't have freedom of religion, we should let them in immediately. Well, everybody will do that. Everybody will do it. All right, and he wants amnesty for everybody. 
I don't even think he'd stop convicted criminals. So you got Warnock, who is telling you that Louis Farrakhan's operation is good. You got Ossoff, who wants open borders and, uh, you know, us to give undocumented people everything. All right, Georgia. I mean, look, it's, it's up to you. Okay? It's up to you. I mean, Purdue and Loeffler may not be the greatest candidates in the world, but they're not going to blow up the country. Warnock and Ossoff would. As simple as that. So why do, why do so many Americans vote for far-left nuts? We are watching before our eyes the destruction of Seattle, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York City, Chicago, Philadelphia. Right before our eyes, we're seeing it. Everybody sees it. And all of these are run by far-left progressives. All of those places I just mentioned. Yet people keep voting for them. Why? So I've studied it. I've thought about it a lot. You have people in America who are totally dependent on government. That's where you start. So for whatever circumstance, they need the government to support them financially. They need the government to give them food, shelter, to give them enough so they can get by. They're always going to vote for the socialists, for the progressive, always. They're never going to vote for Republicans. That number of people in the United States since 1950, 70 years ago, has quadrupled because many foreign nationals who come here simply can't support themselves. They don't speak the language. They're not educated. Now, a lot of them work very hard. I I tell you, you know, it's going to snow here uh, tonight in the Northeast. And the guy who plows my driveway is from Guatemala. I say to him, you have never seen snow. (laughs) How do you know what to plow? You've never seen it. And he laughs, you know, you don't have snow in Guatemala. So I said, it's a little white thing, and it lands on your nose. Gold. That's what you plow. And he's a hardworking guy. And I'm happy to hire him to plow my driveway. Happy to. He's here legally, not illegally. Um, but, and he probably votes Republican because he's self-reliant and, and wants to work hard and doesn't want the government taking all of his money in taxes. But there are many, 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 not just foreign nationals, but people who are born in the USA. We just, for one reason or another, can't or don't want to compete. They're always going to vote progressive. Then you have the pie in the sky, theoretical people, and you know them. Oh, we have to be kind. We have to let everybody in. We have no right to keep anybody out. Oh, billionaires are bad, and people who are successful, they don't deserve what they have. You know, all of this stuff. All right? And you have them clustered in places like Los Angeles. The entire, almost the entire show business industry is that. The media, New York, almost the entire media is left or far left. And these are the people who are well-educated, but they're theoretical. 
and they have no connection to the people who work hard for things, like I did. All right. So I remember being at ABC News, and I was successful there. I was on the World News Tonight with Peter Jennings a lot because I worked my butt off. But I couldn't get over a certain level because there were guys named Stone and Forrest ahead of me. And they were blue bloods. Okay, they were Ivy Leaguers. And I was Levittown. I wrote an article in Newsweek magazine about it. And I knew I couldn't crash through at ABC News. And I told Jennings that. Now, Peter Jennings, his father was the head of the Canadian Broadcasting Company. So, you know, I mean, he, he was one of those. And he liked the cultured people. All right. And I knew I had to find another pathway. But I, I revered my time at ABC News. CBS, not so much. But ABC was great. All right. And I got along very well with Peter. But it was a system that was stacked in favor of the wealthy elites, Ivy Leaguers. And there was no doubt about it. But I worked harder than they worked and became more famous and higher paid than they did eventually. But now I'm a bad guy and Andrew Cuomo wants to take all my stuff because I worked hard. <laughs> Something wrong with that. But the liberal people don't think so. Now, the other question is, well, how can these liberal people like George Clooney and Steven Spielberg and all and they make a lot of money? Well, they're going to take all their money where they don't matter. Well, I think they have so much money they can't spend it, number one, and they feel guilty about it. They got that liberal guilt. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. All I know is if you work hard, you obey the rules. If you're successful, the government should not be punishing you. And that's the Republican Party, the conservative philosophy. But the liberal philosophy, democratic philosophy, is we take as much as we can take the state and federal governments and we'll give it to people who don't have a lot, even if those people are alcoholics or methamphetamine addicts. We're going to give it to them with no strings attached. You can take O'Reilly's money and worked hard for and give it to the guy smoking crack all day long. No, that's not the way this country became strong. So there are um, millions and millions of Americans who believe in the progressive point of view. Now, that did not come to play in the Biden victory. The people, most of them who voted for Biden were voting against Donald Trump because they didn't like him. So I say 74 million people voted for Trump, many because they liked him, many because of his policies. I'd say about 50 million people voted against him because they just didn't like him, his style. And then 30 million liked Joe, uh, maybe because of the Obama attachment. I don't know. That's how I broke it down. So anyway, um, you do get in places like California, New York State, where I am, Chicago, um, mostly every big urban center, there's dominance on the left. And that's what we're seeing. COVID. Kills one American every minute. Every minute of the day, one of us dies from COVID. Last week, 2,403 people died. 300,000 people a day um, 
I'm sorry, 961 people a day died. So now the vaccine's here. I was watching, I was watching the morning news. One of the urchins made me turn it off this morning. I went to all three, ABC, CBS, and NBC. It was all the shot, the vaccine. It was, they could have been exactly, I don't know, maybe they do trade scripts, but it was like stupefyingly dull. All right, we got it. Vaccine's here. Nurse in New York took it. We got it. How about telling the folks where they can get it or when they can get it or who has it? How about doing that? No, because nobody really knows how the folks are going to get it. You got to put it in a freezer, but they have portable freezers. Okay, Uh, some of the uh, growth, some of the pharmaceutical stores say they're going to give you the shot, but they don't know when. Hospitals have it already. I call my doctor and say, hey, can I go over to St. Francis and get this? Doctor says, I don't know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, you know, and she is affiliated with St. Francis Hospital. Great hospital, by the way. And they got a giant freezer. So, and they have it. They have the vaccine. When, when can I get it? Nobody knows. We're tracking that. All right, new poll, ABC News. And they said... Uh, Do you think your state should make it mandatory for people to get vaccinated? Yes, 39. No, 61. All right. Um, Then there is uh, same poll. Will you take the vaccine? 75% of Republicans say no. Don't make it mandatory, and I'm probably not going to take it. 45% of Democrats say no. The state should not make it mandatory. But the majority of Democrats want it mandatory. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, Another poll, Axios. Are you going to get it? 78% of Americans say yes. 21% say no. And I guess 1% doesn't know. Supreme Court ruling on vaccines. We we told you this, but it's worth repeating. In 1905, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, 7-2 vote in the Supreme Court, ruled the city of Cambridge could find residents who refused the smallpox vaccine. 1922, that was upheld by uh, Justice Louis Brandeis. And in 2002, a district court found that uh, religious people do not have the right to refuse um, vaccines based upon their religion, 2002. That was a federal district court. That didn't go to the Supreme Court. Uh, All right. Uh, joining us now from Los Angeles is a columnist for Mediaite, John Ziegler. He leans kind of libertarian. So uh, most Democrats want it mandatory that you got to take the vaccine and you say. It sounds pretty hypocritical, Bill, considering this is the party that when it comes to abortion says it's it's my body, my choice. Uh, there might be those who say, well, wait a minute, this is a situation of one night you're contagious, but we're being told by the Surgeon General and others that this vaccine does, has no impact on whether or not you're contagious. You're still going to be contagious, apparently, or at least theoretically so, even after you get the vaccine. And I am a libertarian. I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. Uh, my wife uh, is not an anti-vaxxer, and she's a pretty good 
focus group on these things, and she is vehemently against this and will not allow our children, who are eight and three years old, uh, to get the vaccine, simply because they're at far more risk of a, of a, a vaccine that we don't have a track record for than they would be by the COVID. And this is not a difficult concept. If you're over 55, you ought to get the vaccine. If you're under 55, and especially if you're in your good health, I really don't see, forget about being mandatory and being mandated by the government, which is abhorrent to begin with, it's really not in your interest to uh, get the vaccine because the risk just, just doesn't justify it. What's the risk? Well, there's all sorts of side effects. We already know that. That's, that comes with almost every uh, vaccine that there is. Plus, we, there's a whole history, as you well know, Bill, with vaccines that have unintended consequences. That, and these are vaccines that have been tested for many, many years. This one has not had that. It doesn't have nearly the track record. But I think this is a seminal moment for our country when it comes to civil liberties, as well as how we're going to recover from COVID. My greatest concern in all this actually is even greater than the potential side effects of the vaccine. It's that we're not even gonna get the benefit of going back to normal. They're telling us, even if you have the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask, you still have to socially distance. And, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not the deal. That's not what this was supposed to be. And it, to me, it feels much more about government control than about health. If we get those over 55 in a large majority to get this vaccine and it's as effective as we're being told, the pandemic is over because the death rate will plummet. And this becomes even less lethal than a normal flu. And to me, it feels like the elites are already telling us, no, 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 sorry, that's not gonna happen. You gotta take the vaccine yeah, but, and we're not gonna let you have your freedom yeah, back. Yeah, but I, I mean, sorry, look, they, can say whatever they, they can say whatever they wanna say. If 78% if of Americans get the vaccine, which is what the poll indicates they would, that'll kill the pandemic. Because, as you pointed out, the spread of the vaccine will dive because the vaccine prevents people from getting ill. Yes, you yourself can spread it, but that's nebulous. We, we don't know really what that is. As far as side effects, I'm, I'm studying this pretty, pretty closely. In the trials of Pfizer and Moderna and the Cambridge people in England, well, there haven't been any side effects. Haven't been any because they would have had to have been documented along with the research uh, that it's 95 percent certain to stop the infection. John, there aren't any side effects to speak of in any of those trials. So I'm pretty confident I'm, I'm first online to get the vaccine. And I don't really care whether I turn into a werewolf, as I said, because then I won't have to pay my huge tax bill. I'll just kind of run around and like werewolves do. Um, and I look at this government thing. I think you're right in the sense that guys like Andrew Cuomo, uh, Whitmer, gals like her in Michigan, they love, they get off on this power trip, telling everybody what to do and when to do it. They love the power. And most politicians do, as you know. They love that, being able to tell everybody. But the rulings are interesting in the Supreme Court because they can mandate you have to take and they did the smallpox vaccine, but they can't force you to take it. They can fine you if they catch you, but they can't drag you and plunge a needle into your arm. That's the different. And in other countries, you wouldn't have that. They drag you right out and put it 
thing right in your arm. Go ahead. And that's those are good points. But two two things in, in somewhat rebuttal. First of all, I don't accept the premise that this is smallpox, Bill. I, I don't. I mean, there, there's, there's fundamental differences between this and smallpox. So I'm not 100 percent sure What's that the, the Supreme Court would rule the same the What's same the way. But 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 more to your point. Just yesterday, here in Los Angeles and in several other big cities, the head of the school district put out a, what they called a Marshall Plan, which effectively, the way I looked at it, mandated mandatory vaccines for children to be able to go to school. Well, they do now, that, that with the measles. May not be, uh, they do that with the measles. You got to get that measles right. shot or you can't go. So that's what but that's based But, but wait, wait, wait. what's the difference, though, with smallpox? And COVID, what's the difference? Well, first of all, who it targets, I mean, specifically with regard to schools, we, we know that children are almost okay, completely I got that. unaffected by I got that. this. And I so, got that. So but they're allowed to do it. If the school districts say you have to get COVID vaccine to come into school, that's going to be upheld because uh, the measles sets the precedence on that. And they're going to say, look, we know the kids are not in danger themselves, but they can be spreaders. And we don't want them to be spreaders. Because here in New York State, you know Cuomo is going to mandate the kids get the the vaccine or they'll do the remote classes or you'll homeschool them. That's going to happen. All right. And now you can challenge. And that is effective. There'll be court challenges, but that's what's going to happen. I agree with you, Bill, especially here in California. Governor Newsom, our yeah. king, is very much going to be on, on, that, uh, on that train without a doubt because they're all going to try to outwoke each other. And, and the, the greater mandate you can have for a vaccine proves how woke you are. And to get to your point about power, let's be clear. These governors and, yes, Dr. Fauci, among others, they don't want to see this go away. This has been fantastic for them. And, and it's been and, and, and to me, I think that is a, an element of this that most people don't fully understand. You know, Saturday Night Live even did a sketch about Fauci this weekend where they said, well, if, if this goes away, I'm not famous anymore. And I laughed. I said, well, why would Fauci ever go for that? This guy's in love with his fame. Well, and, and Governor true. Newsom and Governor Cuomo are in love with their fame well, and their power. Yeah, and and so I hope there's you a know. real human problem here. I hope you know, John, that Newsom and Cuomo are the same guy. It's just different hair. They're really the same guy. I mean, they don't have any real differences among them. All right, John, we really appreciate it. Stay strong and and healthy out there in California. And thanks uh, for helping us out. Really appreciate it. All right, Black Lives Matter uh, makes it into Christmas. (laughs) Oh, boy. So there's a church in in, uh, just south of L.A., Claremont United Methodist Church. And it's an activist church, all right? They're social justice people. Um, and uh, last year they did a, a nativity scene with, with people in cages to protest the border. Um, and this year they're doing Black Lives Matter. So the senior minister at the Methodist Church in Claremont, Karen Clark Ristine, says, quote, Mary knows the sorrow of any parent who's ever lost a child. She stands in solidarity with all who seek justice. We couldn't think any other issue that we wanted to keep under the light of the Bethlehem star, then we need to address racism, said the reverend. All right, so what would Jesus think about all this, right? 
Okay, so here we go. So I wrote a book called Killing Jesus. It's a history. Doesn't have any religion in it. All right, it's a history of Jesus the Nazarene, who was a stone cutter and become the most and became the most famous human being ever to have existed. How did that happen? I tell you, Martin Dugard, I tell you, in Killing Jesus. So we know Jesus. We know him. So if Jesus were walking in Southern California, and believe me, they need him today, and came upon the nativity scene with the Black Lives Matter theme, what would he think? What would he say? I can't speak for Jesus. That would be sacrilegious and dumb. But I can point you to the Pharisees who were trying to trap him and bring evidence against him so he could be executed. And we deal with that a lot in killing Jesus. Every time the Pharisees confronted Jesus with questions about politics, and that's what the Black Lives Matter stuff is, politics, social justice politics, every single time, Jesus did not engage. And the most famous is, render to Caesar, okay? But there were plenty of other times that they tried to trap him into blasphemy against the Sanhedrin, the Jewish temple. Jesus never went for it. He would always go back to the theology, which became Christianity. And the basic tenet of everything that Jesus said in his 33 years on the planet was, you have got to love your neighbor. No matter what color the neighbor is or what situation the neighbor is in, you have to. That's the essence of Christianity. He's not going to get involved with a political statement. However, there was one exception. And this isn't politics, but he did get involved. When the temple was used by the merchants to make money, they were set up on the temple steps, and even some of them were inside. What did he do? Jesus overturned the tables and had a whip and actually hit people. He got involved at that level. So my assessment of the United Methodist Church is their essential message that all people should be treated equally and with love, no matter what color, is absolutely what Jesus would do. But the way they are going about it diminishes the birth of Jesus. That is my opinion and assessment. Let's go to Georgia. As you know, we have a vitally important election, two senatorial races. First one is David Perdue, the incumbent senator, against John Ossoff, a liberal Democrat. The second one is um, acting Senator Kelly Laufer against Reverend Raphael Warnock. All right, 1.2 million ballots have been requested through the absentee system, 1.2 million. So far, 200,000 have been returned, 
The election, I think, is on January 5th. All right, so 1.2 requested, 200,000 in the bank. I hope they're counting them now. All right, this is uh, according to the U.S. Elections Project. So, what's going to happen down there? Nobody knows. Trafalgar, which is a polling system that I respect, has the Purdue Ossoff race tied. And it has Loffer, Loffler, three points ahead of Warnock. Now, of all four candidates, Warnock is the most radical left. So there is a tape of him um, a few years ago, 2013, speaking about the nation of Islam. That is the sect run by Louis Farrakhan, who is anti-Semitic and anti-white. Here's what Reverend Warnock said. Go. The Nation of Islam is significant, uh, but its numbers don't come anywhere near the membership of uh, our churches. Um, its, its voice has been important, and its voice has been important even for the development of black theology, because it was the black Muslims who who challenged black preachers and said, you're you're promulgating, you know, they call the the white man's religion. And that's a slave religion. Isn't that nice? The white man's religion is a slave religion. This guy wants to be Senator of Georgia. There you go. Because of COVID, a lot of Americans moving around, tens of millions of people. Here are the top 10 places, big cities, that Americans are moving to, all right? Number one, Austin, Texas. For every one person that moved out of Austin, 1.53 people moved in. Two, Phoenix, Arizona. One person moves out, 1.48 people move in. Nashville, Tennessee, all right? One person moves out, 1.48 move in. Tampa, Florida, 1.47 move in. Jacksonville, Florida, 146 in Duval County, move in. Charlotte, North Carolina, 145, move in. Dallas, Texas, 135, move in. Denver, Colorado. And I lived in Dallas and Denver. 134 people moved in. Vegas, 132. Charleston, South Carolina, 131. So that's where Americans are going. All right, they're getting out of Chicago, they're getting out of New York, Philadelphia. L.A., San Francisco, and they're going to those cities. Those cities, every one of them, nice quality of life. You know, I know them all very well. Denver was the best place that I lived outside of my home here in New York. I loved living in Colorado. What a super place that was. It was different back then, I know, but it was still great. Our rich people are uh, leaving New York City, and so far, according to... Unicast, which is a data analytics company, $34 billion have left the city of New York. $34 billion. Okay, now I'm going to do a little health segment for a few minutes because I am very interested in keeping you healthy. I am. No BS. So as I told you, I went to the doctor for my annual uh, check up. I have high blood sugar. I knocked out all the sugar. It wasn't that hard. You know, I got sourdough bread now in a special way. I knocked the bread out. I like the sourdough bread. Um, 
So let's go down and tell you the state of the USA. So we have, according to the new census, and we're going to do this tomorrow, 335 million people here in America. In the UK, they have about 67 million. We have five times a million people as they have in the UK. All right, so life expectancy in the USA is 79. That's pretty good. All right. In the UK, it's 81 and a half. So they live longer in the UK. Cancer in uh, 2019, close to 2 million new cancer cases in America diagnosed, 320,000 in UK. But with the five times difference, it's pretty close. Okay. Um, we spend 1.2 trillion every year on health care in America. British spend 214 billion, but you multiply that by five times, it's close. Now in Great Britain, you get free health care, but it's not that great. Healthcare is not that great. You gotta wait. Here it's more expensive because we pay our health insurance premiums here, but it's better care. Obesity. This is big, okay? 43% of all Americans are obese. That's the sugar. That's the sugar in the drinks, in the desserts, in the cereals in the morning. 43%. Not chubby, obese. And that's going to come and hurt you. In the UK, 29% are obese. That's a big difference. Now, when I lived in England, everybody ate Cadbury chocolate. I mean, they were like chocolate fanatics. The teeth were falling out. But we have a real big problem with sugar. Suicide rate, 14 for every 100,000 individuals in the USA commit suicide. In the UK, it's 11. Not that big a difference. Drug overdoses, this is big. This is big. 2017, we had... 13 OD deaths for every 100,000 in America. UK had two deaths OD for every 100,000. 13 here, two UK. Homicide. We have six homicides for every 100,000 people. UK has less than one. Okay, so what's going on here? The USA is a society of self-gratification, instant gratification. That's what narcotics give you. You want to escape, you take the drug, you escape. Plus, we have more money here than they do in the UK. So there is a tremendous illegal drug market in America, bigger than any other country on the face of the earth. So that's why more people are dying. And that leads to violent crime. The drug gangs here commit most of the homicides. There aren't any drug gangs in Great Britain because they don't have the money to buy the drugs there like they do here. All right. That's a tremendous factor in our health. And of course, drug addiction spreads AIDS and hepatitis. You name it. You get addicted to drugs you're never going to recover fully. You can kick it, but you'll never recover fully. Health-wise, psychological, emotional, whatever it may be, stay away.
So summing up on the health deal, try to knock back the sugar a little bit. I mean, I know it's the holidays and everybody's going to give you sweets. And I would say New Year's resolution on it. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. It's killing me sometimes, but it, it was, it's really not that hard. You know, yeah, a little cracker here or that, but I'm not, I'm not knocking it out. So my favorite suite is haagen And the other night, I gave haagen to two of my guests, and I didn't have any. <laughs> a little hard. And they were going, ooh, isn't this good? Thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. Let's go to the final thought of the day. So one of the things about doing a personal news service is that I get to know you guys, especially if you're concierge members, because then you can email me privately about anything you want, and then I'll try to help you out if I can. And that includes answers to news questions, but personal stuff too. I get a lot of uh, mail from uh, concierge members who are people going to college, uh, urchins going to college, kids in high school. And I'll, get, I'll give you some sound advice on it. I can't give financial advice, stuff like that, but I can direct you if you need something done. That's concierge membership. Premium membership, you get all the discounts and all the access except for the direct email. You get everything else. Now, we have, and this is astounding, this year, an 86% renewal rate on premium and concierge membership. 86%. That's unheard of for any product in the world, particularly a news service. I think it's because we give you good value and we're honest. And, and, you know, I'll harken back to the election. Everything I told you came true. And I work hard at this. I don't just guess. So give premium and concierge membership as gifts this Christmas. It's a year-long gift. I believe the people you give it to will benefit and they'll love you because it's a very thoughtful gift. Okay? So we will talk to you again tomorrow. Again, keep the faith in the country. You can read my opening remarks and post them on BillOReilly.com. But I know you're mad. I understand. I'm a little upset myself. You've got to keep the faith. This is the best place. See you tomorrow.